Hello, everyone, and welcome to the abnormally long second episode of Does Not Count, a Survivor podcast, where I will be recapping the second and third episodes of Survivor South Africa, Immunity Island. I'm your host, Connor Wilson, and I'm sure that your first and biggest question is, hey, Connor, why are you recapping the second and third episode in the same podcast? And the answer for that is, is that I did record a full podcast talking about the second episode, in which, which I think was pretty good, even if some of my predictions turned out to be maybe more off-base than I thought they were. But um, it got lost. Like, I was, I was transferring it to my um, podcasting website software thing, and it was not there. I saved it. I double-checked that I saved it. I did all sorts of things to make sure it was there, but it wasn't. Uh, but, you know, c'est la vie. So I'll talk very briefly about some of the main events that happened in um, episode two but not especially in depth. And I will give my medal table, my, I will award my medals for that episode based on what I saw in that episode. Uh, so the medals that I had been planning to award regardless of what happened in episode three. So, yeah. Very exciting stuff. So... So, just to do that very brief recap, like I had been saying, on original Zombeth, there just wasn't a lot that happened in the previous episode, in episode two. Um, here's the main things, and here are the things that are worth carrying into this next episode. The biggest one is that Dino is wildly good at puzzles. Uh, so he does great on the puzzle at the reward challenge. He basically wins it single-handedly. And he basically wins the immunity challenge single-handedly. Two things this does. One, which some other people point out, which Dino himself immediately recognizes, and which we hear Nicole, who's a very quiet player, but clearly a very savvy and very social player. What they both point out is that that kind of makes Dino a target down the road, that he becomes a bit of an issue, right? That if you look at Dino and you think none of the rest of us are good at puzzles as he is, even if maybe hypothetically Sean can do puzzles, if hypothetically Rainier can do puzzles, if hypothetically like uh, Kian can do puzzles, none of us are as good at puzzles as Dino is. So Dino's obviously a threat on that front. Uh, and then the other thing that you get from that is that, well, but Dino's also better at puzzles than everyone else. So if there's more puzzles in this pre-merge stage before we get into the late pre-merge, before we get into the merge, Dino is maybe not the best person to target first, especially if you have somebody like Tariso, somebody like Kian, somebody like uh, Sean even, who is maybe on the outside of your in-group and isn't as much of a challenge asset, right? So Dino is both in the position of long-term, people have clocked him as a challenge threat, and already look at him as somebody savvy, somebody kind of sneaky, somebody who knows the game. But short-term, he's probably not the guy people want to take out. Um, 
Another piece of information we got from that episode was that Amy and Rainier had a secret alliance. Uh, now, in one sense, this does affect some of the ways that you look at Rainier's actions in episode one, because it makes it clear that he has more roots than maybe it initially appeared, that he has this connection to Amy, who's the other big power player. Uh, this will probably serve both of them pretty well, I'd have to imagine it serves Amy better because Rainier, as I've said before, is a really, really obvious threat. He's a physical threat, a strategic threat, and a social threat. That he's got so much going for him that there's no... They'd all be crazy to let him get to the end. Um, but either way, very interesting, very exciting when you see power players linking together on this season on a season. Um, I just want to say in general, talking about the level of gameplay in this season, the pace of it, the degree to which everyone seems so comfortable making alliances, doing all these sorts of things. Uh, like, it reminds me of, like, Cambodia. One of those, like, it's like Cambodia, like, winners at war, where you have these returning players who are just willing to play the game at this higher level because they've already gone through it. But the amazing thing is that these are first-time players, and they're already, will, they're already at this point. I mean, it's just so impressive. I'm so excited to see where the season goes. Um, but that's a bit of a diversion. I'll probably gush about this season several more times throughout, the, throughout its run. Um, before I do, though, I do want to talk about... Uh, the last thing that happens on Zamba, which is that Sean talks to Rainier, talks to Smash, and kind of starts worming his way back into this in-group. Uh, I don't get the feeling that they're particularly convinced by it. Smash is very aware in his confessionals of saying, like, yeah, he's throwing Dino under the bus because he knows he on, he's on the outside. And that that next spot is probably, you know, if you look at... Smash and Rainier and Amy and Nicole and Marisha as being maybe the in-group of this original Zamba, then the number six spot is going to either be Dino or Sean, the number six who has the potential to maneuver himself to a five or a four or a three. Um, and I will say, even if they know what he's doing, even if it's a little transparent, it's something. And it will be something that, and I'm trying to do this less because I did a lot in the first episode, but it will be something that will come back to later. And I only say that because, like I said, I'm doing a really quick recap of episode two before I get into episode three. Um, in terms of episode two, the biggest thing I want to talk about is what happens on Vuna Tribe, which is that they vote out Pinty. Now, and obviously, Pinty plays this pretty poorly, right? She openly alienates Kieran. She antagonizes Carla. She brings Paul into their alliance, or she accepts the fact that Chappies is bringing Paul into their alliance, and then she kind of pulls away from Paul and doesn't seem to trust Paul. And then she trusts Paul again, and then she wants to bring in Carla. And... Then once she gets voted out, oh, and she tells Tyson about Chappie's diplomatic immunity advantage, which I have no idea why she does that. 
And then once she gets voted out, she completely ma she manages to completely misread this vote and think that Chappies and Paul are the two people who turned on her when, and that uh, it had to have been Tyson and Anesu who were still on her side. When, of course, Tyson and Anesu were part of that flip group. And the other two other two who didn't vote for her. You can't really say they voted with her because while... Chappies did. They both voted for Mike. Uh, Paul just voted for Reuter because I guess he didn't like her cooking. A little <laughs> unclear what was going on there. I'd love to walk around in Paul's head a little bit, especially given episode three. But yeah, very interesting showing from Pinty in this season. Uh, puts Chappies on a bit of a back foot, although he doesn't he does do a very good thing, which is make this connection to Santoni that the other players don't seem to know about, and is a particularly great person to make a connection with because Santoni maximizes her immunity island experience, not just gaining an uh, idol clue for the idol hidden at Tribal Council through winning that challenge, but also finding the second idol clue hidden on the island, which I have to say, I, I mean, obviously, Teresa didn't think of it. I don't think most people would have. I think that was going above and beyond in her thinking, and I'm so, so, so impressed with Santony. Um, and really the main strategic effect of this vote is that original Vuna has this big group, this big alliance, which is Kieran, Carla, Mike, Anesu, and Warda, with Tyson very much a part of it, although seemingly able to still be on both sides, Chappies and Paul apparently at the bottom, and Santony aligned with Chappies and Paul, but perceived as an independent floating number. Uh, and the medals that I awarded for that episode is that I gave a bronze medal to Kieran because I think he did a really good job at being part of that majority vote, at getting Anesu to, because especially the way we saw it on screen, he seemed to be one of the main negotiators, the main people convincing her at getting Anesu to vote with Carla and with Mike and taking out somebody like Pinty who really does not want to work with him and made it very obvious that she doesn't trust him. But while still being able to be in the position where he's not the number one target, even though he's such an obvious threat, in my opinion. Um, so that's why I gave Kieran a bronze. And then I gave Santoni the silver, because like I already said, she really goes above and beyond in figuring out how to use Immunity Island to her advantage. And she's able to make this connection to Chappies, which people don't seem to know about, uh, which is definitely going to serve her well as somebody who previously didn't really have an alliance with anyone. Um, so great, great showing from Santony. And then the gold for that episode I gave to Koyla because she managed to keep the vote off of her number one ally and kind of get, I mean, she gets the Godfather edit. She really gets to be at the front of this movement that gets Pinty out and keeps Mike in. Uh, obviously, that doesn't work for her for very long, but we will get to that when we talk about episode three. 
So out of episode two, Jason and Pinty are the two people who have left without medals. And then the points board else otherwise is Chappies with one, Santoni with three, Kieran with four, and Carla and Amy each with five. Uh, now, let's talk about episode three. So I'm back after having rewatched uh, episode three. So I'm ready to give a more in-depth uh, recap of that episode than I gave for episode two. It's still probably going to be less in-depth than my episode one recap, which is in part because episode one was a premiere. We had a lot of information to process, a lot of characters that we were introduced to for the very first time, and in part because this is, like I said, a double episode, a special double episode extravaganza. So I want to start off right away with talking about some of the dynamics on the tribes before the swap. Uh, the biggest thing that stuck out to me was Teresa, who really does seem like she's got a pretty good social read, for the most part, even if she has blind spots which come from her being on the outs. But Teresa really not playing a good social game, because when Amy and Marisha and Nicole, that power trio on that tribe of the blondes, uh, when they come up to her and they are trying to pull her into their, I think Nicole uses the word gold band, which I'm very into, um, when they pull her, when they try to pull her in, Teresa is saying things like, well, you have to prove it to me. I can't trust you until you prove it to me, which Nicole definitely seems bothered by, which I completely get. And I really don't understand why Teresa thinks this is the way to play this moment. She is on the outside. What she should be doing is saying yes to everything. Uh, because she can say yes, she can vote with them, she cannot be the target because she's voting with them, and maybe she can get herself into a good spot. She should just focus as long as it's not me, as long as it's not me. Don't be the target. Right? That's the Saint Diaz Twine lesson. That's the most important thing in Survivor is to not be the target. Um, and like, honestly, she's on the outs. Nobody else wants to work with her. What does she lose by saying yes? Like, worst case, she's voted out. Worst case, they're lying to her. She does not have another option. She doesn't, she can't go to Rainier. It's not like Rainier and Smash and Keon are trying to have some, who aren't even working together with each other, but that's part of what I was saying. It's not like there's some fictional alliance she can turn to. Now, maybe now that there's a swap, she can try to work with the, the original Vuna people. But, um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't get why Teresa is playing this game the way she is. I do want to talk, though, about Sean, who continues his trend from episode two of getting in a stronger and stronger position, uh, with the big thing being really coming in that swap dynamic, where he's already somebody who Rainier seems to be willing to work with. He's already somebody who Amy, who's, um, Smash seems fine with, who Amy seems pretty okay with. And now that he's put on a swap tribe where he and Amy and Smash are the only three original Zombas, well, now they have to work with him. 
if they want to have any shot at a majority. So I really want to praise Sean's gameplay at going from like zero to hero, basically, right? Like he's gone from being the really um, volatile guy at the bottom of the tribe who immediately alienates himself by working with Kian and trying to find this idle clue and being on the long side of this Jason vote and making the whole tribal about him. And now he's part of the core alliance and he's somebody who they have to keep around, at least for now, if they don't want to lose their advantage. I mean, he's pretty much guaranteed you'd have to think at least one more vote unless the dynamics shift dramatically, probably two more, maybe three more. Uh, maybe, I mean, maybe this is the thing that gives him the endgame path. But just great job, Sean. This is some Tanya upside from uh, Island of Secrets. Hopefully this plays out better for Sean than Tanya for his own sake, uh, since she wasn't really able to endure. But really impressive. Um, and I also do want to talk about on Vuna, we see the fruits of Chappie's work uh, being harvested, right? We see Chappie's is able to work with Santony and find out where that idol is hidden. And that's great. And you know what? I wish that they had kept it there and that those were the two who knew about the idol. Because then we bring in Paul and we tell Paul at the reward challenge, and it gives me a lot of Nathan and Rob talking about Nathan's bad plan during that reward challenge and the bench in uh, Island of Secrets. But, um, yeah, and then Paul, I mean, continuing to be the breakout character of these first couple of episodes, decides to tell Tyson while wrestling him during the reward challenge, which, by the way, really cool format. I enjoyed that there's something to win in every round because it incentivizes each matchup, the people in each matchup to put in their all, not just the people who are in a competitive matchup or the people who think they might be able to turn the tide and it doesn't make it so that if one tribe gets a big lead, then it decentivizes the other tribe. It's cool. It's cool. But that's not the point. The point is that Paul tells Tyson where the idol is during the challenge, and obviously everyone sees it. Dino sees it. Rainier sees it. And then Rainier sees Tyson going out and digging, basically sees Tyson going up and digging up the idol. Everyone knows Tyson has that idol. And like, I mean, if I'm Tyson, in his particular position, in a steep minority, I'd rather have an idol that everyone knows about than not have an idol, admittedly. Um, of course, you'd rather have an idol that wasn't so known about. Like, it just seems such weird gameplay, and especially because of the fact, I guess this goes back to Tyson's great social game that we saw earlier, that we saw pay dividends with Pinty. But um, why do they want to tell Tyson? He's not in their alliance. Uh, he's more aligned with Anesu and with that other gang and with Kieran. But uh, it's just so strange. I mean, I guess Tyson has options, right, if they get into a merge. If he makes it through this swap or if he makes it to the next swap or anything else like that, 
but it's just so strange, so weird. Um, but the big story, obviously, is what happens on Zamba. Although, let's talk about Vuna a little bit first. The main thing, like I said, is that Tyson gets an idol. Now, Kieran's very excited about this, so is Inesu. They seem to think this gives them a lot of power being a tight minority. I don't know that I buy this because, so let's assume worst case scenario for them, they're not able to pull over any of the original Zambas, right? And they have to, their only hope of getting through is with that idol. Best case scenario, one of those three gets sent to Immunity Island. Um, they get, they give up and go. They give one of the other two immunity. And then it's a vote between only two of those three. And then basically they have to vote that the, they have to hope that the Zambas aren't smart enough to split the vote between the remaining two and that they play the idol on the right person. Like it, it's basically an unwinnable situation for them almost like it, the amount of things that have to go right for them that are completely out of their control in order for them to be able to use this idol correctly are just wild. Like, they're coming from such a steep minority. What their hope is, is that maybe somebody like Teresa, somebody like Kihan, maybe somebody like Dino, who kind of know they're on the outs of that mega alliance, that they might... Um, team up against Rainier. Uh, at the same time, why would you team up against Rainier? Because he's going to win you challenges, right? He's going to be a guy who helps you. Um, which, on a side note, Kieran presumably would be safe the first vote they go to. Because why would you vote out Kieran? because he single-handedly basically wins that immunity challenge by being so good at throwing little wings. Um, who knows if he'll be good at other challenges. But it's just, it's just, I don't know. Like, you have to think that maybe they have a scenario where um, Rainier and the two women, Nicole and Marisha, decide to side with them because they don't trust Teresa, but Teresa is not really a threat at the same time. Like, Teresa is somebody that you can get out because she's on the outside of your alliance. Kian's the same way. Dino's kind of the same way. Dino's maybe more of a threat who might be a plausible target, especially if we follow this trend of two of the past three episodes of white boy who plays hard getting voted out. Uh, sorry, Dino, but it, it's just very interesting. It's a very difficult situation for these original Vunas on the Vuna tribe. I mean, great for them that they have an idol, but I just don't see how they can use it particularly effectively. And talking about Vuna, when we move on to the Zamba tribe, the big story there is that Vuna majority from the last vote, which was Kieran and Anesu and Tyson, who are on the other tribe, and then Carla, Mike, and Werda, who are on this tribe, which is the tribe where they have a majority. That majority who voted against Painty 
they, they misplay just about everything. Uh, Carla, obviously, is the first person to misplay. Because Carla's so, I mean, and we saw this with Pinty, where Carla definitely makes pretty strong judgments about people, about whether or not she wants to, whether or not she's able to work with them. And then she really bases her gameplay off of these reactions that she's having to these other players, uh, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I think having a good intuition is good. A problem here is that she misjudges. Or if not misjudges, because I think she's probably correct that those two might not want to work with her. I know obviously she doesn't feel great about the fact that Paul attributes the... She kind of... Paul puts a lot of the blame for Pinty's vote out onto Mike, which she seems as... She's kind of as slighting her because he's, a, she's, a, he's assuming that the man uh, was the mastermind behind the vote, which... You know, I'm not sure if that's the reason. It could be what we were hearing earlier where people already don't trust Mike, where they see him as very active, very strategic, um, very talkative, always kind of going behind people's backs. Uh, and that's why, I mean, in general, Carla shouldn't be offended that she's not being put out there as a target. But... This does end up resulting in her being very aggressive in her pitch towards Smash about not working with those two, which suddenly is the thing that's going to give those original Zombas the idea of, okay, well, we have to work with those two because clearly this in-group doesn't want to work with them. Uh, and then she's when she's talking with Mike and he's kind of trying, telling her to back down and that basically that that could end up being what happens, well, Carla starts saying, well, these guys don't have a social game, they don't have a strategic game, which, I mean, it seems like a really bad read on Chappies, who, as we've seen, is a pretty strategic player, a really clever social player, has been pretty stellar throughout these first couple of episodes. Even when he's on the wrong side of the vote, he manages to make a good move, and pull Santony into his alliance, uh, which is another mistake that this uh, trio, this Carla Mike Ward the trio makes, is that they assume Santony is on their side. We know this because when Mike gets voted out, he says, clearly one of my people must have flipped. And since he kind of knows that Chappies and Tyson aren't part of their group, that has to mean he knows that San he thought Santony was, right? I mean, clearly, they don't know about Chappie's alliance. Uh, so that's mistake number two. Mistake number one, bad-mouthing Chappie's and Paul to a minority group that they don't even have to work with when they could just try to rally around the flag and get Vuna strong, vote out the Zombas. Two, they completely fail to account for Santini not being part of their in-group. And then three Mike, three, Mike calls this body corporate meeting in the most bizarre way. He walks up to Chappies while he's talking with Sean and says, hey, all the Vunas are going to a body corporate, which, by the way, why are we calling it a body corporate? That's not anything I've ever heard on Survivor before. That's so wild. 
um, I guess, it, does it tie into what he was doing, the sort of always be closing thing? Um, of trying to make this analogy to a sales to marketing. Uh, it's just so strange that to me, especially when everyone already sees Mike as a schemer, when everyone already sees Mike as playing way too hard, when everyone sees Mike as a threat, calling a big meeting that ostentatiously and calling it a body corporate does not help with that. Especially when you already have Carla signaling like at that initial tribe swap, like, oh, we're up in numbers. That definitely makes me happy. It just feels like they maybe signal too much confidence that ends up coming off as cockiness, too much of a sense of being controlling, which is what everyone felt like Mike and Carla were. That, of course, Chappies and Paul aren't going to work, aren't going to want to work with them. Of course, Santony isn't going to want to work with them. Like she says, in her heart, she doesn't want to work with them. Uh, it was just, I mean, they, he, Mike did play himself out of the game. He kind of knew some of the ways in which he was playing himself out of the game, but he still played himself out of the game. Um, his fourth mistake, by the way, was going after Smash, that he was trying to put the votes on Smash, which made me think a lot of when he was still back on Vuna, didn't know about the swap, and he was trying to put the votes on Chappies. It's like, Mike, why are you trying to put the votes on these big, strong guys who are going to help you in challenges? Um, Smash is strong. Smash is likable. Smash is personable. Smash is working around camp. I mean, I know he stole some food from the tribe, but... In a very U.S. Tyson and very American Tyson kind of way, uh, but uh, no one knows that. Smash is clearly somebody who's likable. Who maybe someone like Chappies too, who is a physical threat. Who you've told to his face is a physical threat. Who you wanted to vote out. Uh, he's probably not going to vote. Want to vote out another physical threat because you're going to want to keep this st tribe strong, especially at this point. Even if you're not openly saying that, even if you're not making that an explicit part of your strategy, it's something you're definitely thinking that we probably shouldn't target these big guys because they can help us. He should have made his target, since Amy couldn't be, since she went to Immunity Island, he should have made the target Sean because Sean's a little more abrasive. Sean's not bad in challenges, but he's not vital in them. Uh, he's enough of a threat without having these other things going for him. He should have been the other target because that might have been something that he could have had a better shot at convincing Chappies and Paul to go with. At the same time, I think he'd probably already lost them. Um, but I don't want to make it sound like this is just because of the bad moves that these Vuna people made because it also comes down to some really good moves that some of these uh, Zamba people made. And by these Zamba people, I do mean Sean to a certain degree, uh, because we do see Sean talking to Chappies, we see Chan, Sean really engaging Chappies in this conversation, Chappies and Paul, of saying, who do you want to go? Who would you like to vote for? Same thing, he does this with Santini as well. But I think the big two... Uh, Smash and Amy. Let's start with Amy because 
Amy walks up to Chappie's while he's searching for an idol, which, by the way, I love how Chappie's so completely unfazed by that. He doesn't have, like, any reaction. He's so just chill about it. He's so, like, oh, totally normal. I'm just searching for an idol. Anyway, I'm going to cover it up so nobody else will see this. Whole of dug in the dirt. It's so amazing. Like somebody from, somebody just walked up to you searching for an idol and you're just acting like it's the most normal thing. And credit to Amy, she acts like it's normal too. She doesn't like push him. She doesn't get weird about it. Uh, and she just talks to him about strategy. And she just uh, pulls them in. He, she puts this idea in about, hey, we'd love to work with you too which, of course, that automatically ends up pulling in Santony as well. And I don't know, it's just such a good um, move by Amy, who also goes and talks to Santony and really conveys to Santony that she'd love to work with her. And, like, it's a good enough move that it almost makes up for it. And in many ways, it does. She plays Amelia Island very weirdly. Because first she tells Chappies, oh, I'm definitely going to make sure I'm safe. Oh, no, I'm definitely not going to give up my vote because we'll need it. But then she does give up her vote. And I totally get her rationale for what, for doing that. And I think it's a brilliant show of confidence in Smash. And I'm, it speaks to what I was saying episode one, the strength of that bond between those two players. But uh, that she trusts him enough that she'd give up her vote in order to make it because she thinks he can keep this majority on their side. But then she does lose the immunity, the immunity island challenge. So she doesn't say what she's going to do to Chappies. And then she makes it so the, uh, the Vuna people can raid their camp. So not a great immunity island showing from <laughs> Amy. I will say to her credit, or at least not to a detriment, that challenge looked ridiculously hard. I don't see how you were supposed to complete that puzzle in the amount of time, because you have to get it out, and then you have to do the puzzle. It just seemed like so many steps, so many crazy steps to get to uh, victory there. But Smash obviously gets a lot of credit, because Amy puts trust in him, and then he pulls through. He, gets the, he doesn't go home. Nobody even seems to notice that he stole food. And he manages to definitely solidify this alliance with those outsiders in the Vuna group. Um, and so much of this has to come down to the fact that nobody was counting Santini correctly in their assessment of the votes. It just worked so perfectly about how, yeah, it was a 6-3 tribe split. Like, Nico asked if it was a 6-3 tribe split, ostensibly because it's 6 Vuna and 3 Zamba. And he asked Paul, and Paul says, yeah, you could say that. And yes, it is a 6-3 tribe split. But it's... Um, but the three are Carla, Mike, and Wada. It's just... It was a really good play where this... Minority three puts themselves within a majority alliance. Uh, it's just so cool. At the same time, they're in a majority alliance, but 
who knows exactly how long that will hold because end of the day it's still what five Vuna three Zamba it would probably make sense for the Vuna people for Chappies is formidable three let's call them <laughs> um, for that formidable three of Santony Chappies and Paul to maybe stick with the Zamba trio at least to long enough to get out Kyla or Wada. But after that point, does it still benefit them? Does somebody try to pull in that remaining person, that Wada, that, um, that Kyla, right? It's very interesting. I mean, it's a really cool vote. I hate to see Mike go because he's so good at confessionals, so funny. So such a good way, such a great way with words. Uh, the most remarkable analogies. He's wet to the marrow. Paul is bare grills, building a bamboo cathedral. We've moved to the survivor suburbs. I'll miss that. But it was a good strategic move for a lot of players in this game. It was a bad outcome, maybe, for the Vuna outsiders, the Vuna in-group, historically. Not as bad for Tyson as for the others, because he still has this in. But, it, I mean, it, it wasn't, there's some people it really hurts for Mike to be out of this game, but much, far more people who it helps. Um, but talking about medals, it's interesting. Because I think there's a lot of people you can make a case for. Some people I thought about giving one to uh, who aren't going to be getting one. I'll start with that. I thought about Tyson because I do think Tyson clearly still has a lot of social capital and he did find an idol. But at the same time, everyone knows about this idol. And the people he, have so he has social capital with mostly aren't on his tribe. Definitely next week he can turn this around completely. But... Uh, yeah, I'm not feeling ideal about Tyson's position in the game right now. So I'm not going to give one to him. And the only other person on that Luna tribe I might have considered was Rainier, because I think Rainier showed he had some, he still had a lot of sway on that tribe, being able to con apparently single-handedly convince everyone to send Amy to Immunity Island which was a smart move based on his read of the tribe dynamics. He didn't know that there was this threesome trying to, that the threesome was connecting with a separate threesome from original Vuna. But um, because it wasn't how the game was, because in the end it didn't have a net benefit for him, I, I don't think I can give him a medal. And then the other person that I think I would give a medal to, who I'm not, is Smash. Uh, because even though I think Smash played a really solid game this episode, as he hadn't, has in every episode, I also don't think he's this strategic star. Like, he avoids getting voted out, which is great, but I don't feel like he's the one who makes that initial connection that really enables this... Uh, power six to take control of this tribe 
and get rid of Mike and weaken Carla, who was previously top of the world, uh, from this from this power position. So what I think instead I'm going to do is I'm going to give my bronze to Sean. Because like I said, I'm so impressed, so incredibly impressed with how Sean has gone from being at dead bottom to being part of the core group uh, within his Zamba alliance. And apparently both within the Zamba alliance on Zamba and also having great connections with some of the Zamba people over on Vuna. At, you know, he maybe didn't have the flashiest game this episode, but that's exactly what Sean needs. So I'm going to give Sean the bronze. And then I'm going to give Amy the silver. Even though she had a bad immunity island, I think her making those connections with Chappies and with Santoni and doing it so casually, doing it so quickly, and being able to trust Smash so much that she can give up her vote and still be confident of a majority going into Tribal Council, I think it's great gameplay from her. So I am going to give her the silver. But my gold is going to go to somebody who I've spoken of very highly throughout these first three episodes and who I'm going to continue to speak highly of, which is, I'm imagining, assuming his game continues down the same path, is going to be Chappies. Because Chappies was definitely in a bad position after Pinty was voted out. He'd lost his number one ally. He was uh, not particularly close with Mike, with Carla, with Kieran. They were all pretty suspicious of him. He was somebody who maybe had a chance of being the target. I don't think he would have been. I think it probably would have been Santony or Paul. But he might have been the target. And instead, he's now part of a six of a group of six that's controlling his tribe. He's made this connection with Santony that means he knows where an idol is. And he knows where an idol is on the other tribe. Presumably he knows that Tyson is the one who they told. He has diplomatic immunity. He's a strong physical player. He's got a connection with people from original Vuna and people from original Zamba. He's just in a really solid spot in this game at the moment. I'm skeptical of how long it can hold just because he is somebody who's a pretty obvious threat, but he's done a really good job in this pre-merge so far. Definitely, yeah. So Sean, Amy, and Chappies are saving my medals this week. So to recap the medals table... Jason, Pinty, and Mike are the three people thus far who have exited without receiving a medal at any point. But in terms of the points table, we have at the bottom, Sean with one, Santini with three, Kieran with four, Carla with five, Chappies with six, and Amy in the lead with eight. So right now, Amy is leading the medals table, Chappie, Chappies and Carla close behind, Kieran within striking distance, Santony and Sean with possibilities. Upward battle for them, but they can still pull this ahead if, they, if other people fall and they start to rise. This has been such a great season, these first three episodes. So unpredictable, so exciting. Uh, and as an editing note, they do such a cool job. Like these editors do such a great job at telling the story of how these people cause their own vote, vote outs. 
that every one of these, that Jason and Pinty and Mike, that we see the series of mistakes that these players make that lead to them being voted out of this game. So, yeah, I, I want to praise the editors. I want to praise the cast. I want to praise production for continuing to be very, really interesting to even get new twists on the reward challenge format to, on Immunity Island and all these things. Uh, just really looking forward to where this season goes. I have no idea. It's so unpredictable. Uh, and it's a great return to Survivor after a long, long, long off-season. Anyway, as always, I'll end by saying, peace out, Survivorland.